Welcome to the Premise Podcast. This is the podcast where every week we have a completely new uh, idea for what we're doing. It's a new podcast. It's the Premise Podcast. You all know and love it. Um, to all our loyal listeners out there, thanks for tuning in again. This week, our podcast is called the Occupational Hazards Podcast. It's a podcast where an HR rep and myself uh, take in letters from fans who are having workplace conflicts, and we try to help them resolve that from both an HR and a podcast perspective. Uh, This week, we have a guest host, and it's Andrew Hodnett. Andrew, am I allowed to use your your last name? Uh, Legally, you are. Should, should I? Socially, am I allowed to? Socially, you are as well. Okay. Uh, Andrew, our guests don't know you. I mean, our, our listeners don't know you. Really, in all honesty, they probably do, because all the listeners are friends of ours. You may not know this, but according to the website that I used to produce this podcast, the website told me that we do have one listener in Mexico. Oh, that's pretty good. Diversifying. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think I said in the last episode, we have no listeners over 25. There are one or two listeners over 60. <laughs> and I have a I have a hunch that it's my grandparents. All right. Well, cut to the chase, Bo. The listeners don't know me. They don't know you. Um, so I want to give you a chance to kind of show a little bit about your personality. We have kind of a quiz game for you to play. It's called Schmuck or Minch. Can now, you define Minch? I think I'm familiar with Schmuck. You know Schmuck. For our, our Gentile listeners, <laughs> and remember, I'm Jewish, so I can say all the Yiddish words I want. Yeah. Uh, cool. a sh- so for our listeners, a Schmuck is kind of like a foolish person. It's a guy who's kind of like, um, like for example, Andrew, would you say this is true? Like a guy who um, buys a lottery ticket and accidentally... Uh, leaves it in his pants during the wash. That guy's a schmuck. As a Gentile, I would say that's accurate. That's a schmuck. <laughs> that's a very specific example of what a schmuck may do. But a minch is, it sounds like an even worse name to call someone, right? <laughs> like those letters in that order, M-E-N-S-C-H, shouldn't that's be a positive harsh. word? I don't think, but it is. It's kind of like um, like a very good guy. Like, this is a guy whom you would trust to marry your daughter if they were similar ages. Okay. So not like a cool guy, but like a a good guy. Not necessarily cool, but kind of like respected in the community. That's a Mitch. Like a small town no, doctor. Do these, do these words change meaning when you're applying them to an inanimate object? Or will these all be people that I'm speaking about? I think these are all... Well, we're going to decide if Part you're a schmuck or a mensch. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. So I'm going to give you... I choose <laughs> No, get, I'm going to determine that. Um, okay. I'm going to give you a list. I have like 10 very quick things. It's a rapid fire quiz. I'm gonna just going to say blank or blank, and you tell me which one you want, and I'm going to grade you and tell you whether you're a schmuck or a mensch based on those answers. Got it? Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Here is... Is Andrew a schmuck or a mensch? Paul Simon or Jackson Brown? Paul Simon. Larry David or Bruce Springsteen? Larry David. Al Capone or Arnold Rothstein? Al Capone. Gal Gadot or Raymond? 
Raymond. <laughs> uh, Sandy Koufax or Hakeem Olajuwon? Hakeem Olajuwon. Mayamondes or Nero? Nero. Screw the Christians. <laughs> La La Land or the Jazz Singer? La La Land. Latkes or Lobsters? Latkes. Edison or Einstein? Einstein. And finally, leavened or unleavened? <laughs> unleavened. I think you may have caught on to, to what was going on by the end. <laughs> oh my gosh. So let's see. Uh, for Schmuck, you got one, two, uh, oh boy. Oh, Three, man. four, five points. It's a tie. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Very neutral. Well, I think a tie means you're a schmuck. Uh, I, I think it was pretty points. clear. I meant to only I do nine questions. Do what? I said tie goes to the loser like Mario Baseball. It didn't make any sense, <laughs> but I wanted to mention Mario Baseball. You know how I, and our listeners are well aware that we're speaking of Mario Baseball and the GameCube. Um <laughs> What year was that released, folks? The listeners out there. I think 04. I was going to say 03, but I'll I'll defer to your judgment. Feel free to fact check me. Uh, Anybody, right into the podcast if I'm wrong. Um, You got five schmucks, five minches. Um, I think you caught on that every every, uh, prompt was a Jew or a Gentile. All right. Um, They know me now. They know my preferences, Bo. They know you now. They know you're a schmuck. And... Uh, now we can get started with the podcast. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here is the Occupational Hazards Podcast. All right. We're ready for another episode of the Occupational Hazards Podcast. I'm Bo Segris, as always, joined by my co-host, Andrew Hodnett. Greetings, Bo. And Andrew... As all of our listeners know, is actually um, he has a degree in human resources. He is an HR expert. Do you want to share a little bit about that that maybe our listeners haven't heard before on the podcast? Yeah, um, well, I know our listeners know me very well, but uh, as always, uh, while I am a, an expert in all matters of law, um, this podcast does not serve as legal advice. And I will not be held liable for any advice that I give on this podcast. Just wanted to get that off the bat, just as I always do, Bo. Um, yeah. Out to the listeners. That Beyond sounds that, like something an HR rep would think about. I thought it sounded more like a lawyer, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that one too. So you're, you're an HR rep. Just really quick, your experience in HR. What do you What do you deal with on a daily basis? Uh, I deal with employer relations, so to speak, which is layman's terms for any issues that occur within a normal corporate workplace. Wait, the first thing you said was was the layman's terms? <laughs> employer relations? Yeah. Layman's terms in the HR world sound a lot more to the point than the HR terms. <laughs> the HR term for employer relations was like two sentences. <laughs> Well, uh, so I guess it's pretty simple. So we can That's move right. on to the good part. Uh, really quick, Andrew, have you ever fired anyone? Yes. Okay. Um, well, as always, For this the is... terminated. <laughs> That's much cooler. 
And I'd like to move on. So, um, like we do every week in this podcast, our listeners write in to us with their workplace issues and conflicts, and we give them advice on how to handle that. You having your perspective as an HR and me as a podcast host who loves to hear about drama. Isn't that right, Andrew? Oh, you do. Um, so we've helped a lot of people, and we have a, a, a few uh, mail to get through today. Are you ready to get started? Did you say we have a few mail to get through? I don't know if that's how that sentence goes. We've got some email sent in, electronic mail, some would say. Uh, oh, you're not even talking about and my use of plurals. You're talking about just that. I think that email is real mail. Well, I think just the way you said it was a little weird, too. Uh, this is a, what you would call a mailbag podcast. All of our listeners have written in for many years, and we're finally listening to them uh, and answering their questions. Mailbag podcast, baby. <laughs> um, okay, and again, the Occupational Hazards podcast. Here we go. Are you ready for the first are are they emails then? Is that what I'm glad you said the name again. I almost had forgotten the name of our podcast that we've done for years. Well, we're uh, very old and, and forgetful, the two of us. Of course. Yes, I'm um, ready. And if I get distracted, it's because I have a baseball game on in the background. So if I don't talk for a while, just be like, hey, and and I'll just edit that out. Go reds, um, right? Who? I don't know. Cincinnati I don't Reds. Know. I don't like the podcast. Good guess. I mean, you I don't a, like baseball. <laughs> you had a one in 30 shot at guessing yeah, the team. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. You. Our first uh, write-in is from Mary T. Mary T. Uh, wrote into us, and the subject line is, I'm a marketing exec who is all out of ideas. Uh, the letter reads thusly. Hello, Bo and Andrew. Like many people who write into your show, I've been having some serious issues at work. I work for a very important marketing firm. Major, major corporations hire us to make their products more appealing to consumers. I've had a very successful career thus far. I was the one who came up with the idea to put sexy women in hamburger commercials. It was also my idea to make newspapers for dogs with names like The Daily Beagle. Hell, I was the one who hired Jared to do those Subway commercials. In those days, that was a very good idea. And now I have nothing. I have writer's block, but for advertisers. We call it advertiser's writer's block. It's bad enough that I got nothing, but it's even worse that my boss is all over me to come up with a great way to market K-Cups to environmental freaks. Please help me, podcasters. You're my last hope for this. You're also the first people I've gone to for advice. Either come up with a way to make environmental freaks buy single-use plastic cups or give me advice for how to approach my boss and tell him that I don't have it anymore. Help me, podcast. Wow, quite an issue. There's a, there's a lot going on here. Um, do you deal with marketing people ever? Uh, no, but uh, as always, I have a great opinion on everything. Um, first off... I would say she should never say anything of this at work. She'll show weakness, Bo. So it's good that she came to us first, her closest confidants. Um, so that's our piece of advice number one. Don't yeah, show weakness. Yeah, and never speak about any issues that she's having at work. Uh, I would say that's the first thing. Um, the now, best communication is keeping your trap shut. Isn't that right? Isn't yeah. that what we always say? That's what we always say, Bo. 
and as for her issue, um, I would say it's definitely a difficult issue, but one thing I've always thought uh, with the K-Cups, I think that manure could be involved a little more. Because, you know, the real issue is the plastic on the outside. <laughs> what are your thoughts there, Bo? <laughs> I'm throwing uh, it back to you. I, I don't understand. M- manure? <laughs> My thought is we need a good way to get rid of those K-Cups afterwards. Manure would be useful for a houseplant. But... I throw it up to you to say how to wait. Are, are you talking the about top? the grounds? Are you talking about the grounds that stay yeah, in the, the outside? The outside, the, the grounds we have to keep the same. The outside is the issue. How do you can you turn plastic into manure? I think ma- turning manure into plastic is really what we need to do. Oh, you're saying change the cake cups themselves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and use it's manure, which, as we all know, is uh, processed feces. Yeah, well, it could be. I guess it's not always processed, yeah. um, but it would be in this case. Uh, he, here's what I'm not sure about. Let's say someone comes to you in, in your HR office. You know, you got pictures of your family up on your wall. You got your desk with one of those birds with the water in it that keeps pecking. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, motivational posters, yes. You got your computer open, and as soon as someone walks up, you, you close out the tab really quickly. No matter what, what what you have open, that's just you like your privacy is what you say. Um, uh-huh. Someone comes to you at your office with this problem. Would you interpret? Because here here's what I'm confused about. Does she want us to come up with like a tagline or a slogan for um, non reusable K cups, or does she want us to really just help her get what she had back? Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, I think she wants couple things i think she wants mm-hmm. us to know yeah i think she does want a tagline which uh it's probably going to be a hard hard issue with an environmental freak um so to speak also <laughs> just because thing. she uses just because she calls them environmental freaks doesn't mean we have to yeah. we can call <laughs> them uh I don't like that out loud <laughs> we get you know mary is it's a, a you know a powerful businesswoman and just because she has these um, preconceived notions of those who care about the environment doesn't mean we have to share. I think them. Mary's lashing out. If we're being honest, I think she's mad at the uh, environmental crowd because she's uh, getting railed. So, so uh, maybe maybe something we could do. <laughs> yeah, maybe something we could do is give her better ways to cope with her stress than taking it out on um, those who believe that climate change is a serious issue. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, now here's another that, thing to consider but yeah. what if mary just doesn't have it anymore is she she even says you know if 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 i can't come up with a tagline tell me how to approach my boss and tell him that i don't have it anymore and here's what i'm wondering andrew is some people have it and some people don't can some people lose it um now i'd like to refer us to chuck not when you said that sentence were you doing air quotes around the word it? I mean, I think it's pretty clear. I'm talking about someone who has it, you know, a Greta Garbo type, okay. but in the marketing world. Do you know what the yips is, Andrew? I'm familiar. You do know? Uh-huh. So I don't need but, to explain it. Yeah, I'm sure the listener knows too. But in this case, <laughs> the, the yips come into play because it's Mary completing an 
and normally easy task, but failing due to pressure. I think Mary was hitting homers, and now she's striking out to use a baseball reference. Now, I know you're not familiar with baseball, though. No, but, I do like baseball. But <laughs> no, I'm not familiar world, with it, but I like it. In the baseball world, uh, people who are known for hitting homers, uh, a good example, although he frequently used steroids, is uh, a man named Ichiro. He only hit <laughs> he only hit home runs. He never hit singles, doubles, triples, nothing of the sort. That's he right. would only either hit home runs or strike out. Um, Ichiro so was nothing that, but a juiced up beef beef cake. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but in Ichiro's case, uh, you know, you either hit a home run or you strike out. And I think Mary, in a lot of ways, reminds me of Ichiro. Now that I think about it. <laughs> So this is this is a great metaphor because the game of baseball has changed where people are comfortable striking out because it means more home runs. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's how marketing is going, and Mary hasn't been willing to change her game. She's not willing to strike out. That's true. Maybe Mary needs to have a mentality shift that uh, ah. she's juiced up now, and so she's either going to hit a homer or strike out a bunch of times. So maybe that's how she brings it to her boss. Just let him know she's taking steroids now. Yeah, fine, fine. You know, here's something: the business version of steroids, as we all know, is Adderall. (laughs) It it was cocaine. It was cocaine. But But now it's snorting uh, Adderall. People were going to sleep during the day, so they have to use Adderall now to stay up. That's right. A lot of narcoleptics in in the business world, as we know. Um, Boys. So our next piece of advice to Mary seems to be start. A snorting Adderall throughout her day. Okay. Well, I think that's enough for that one. We've given a lot of free advice. Mary, if you want anything <laughs> else, we're, uh, we're also consultants, as you know. We are. Uh, do you do a lot? This A lot of this was very psychological. Do you do psychological work as an HR rep? I try to play as many mind games as possible, if I'm being honest. Are you a rep? Is that the right word? A rep? Uh, are you saying rap? <laughs> Let's just move on. But the last right. thing for Mary, do we want to give her a tagline? Or just move, let her figure it out for herself. Will it I'm really go help back to her? My first idea, because I was really impressed with that one. K cups this time with manure. All right, but this you- time with manure <laughs> to the you dirt go- they shall return. It it helps the mulch. Uh, it makes the mulch people happy. Yeah, um, the uh, composters. All right, moving on. Uh, our next email comes from a, a longtime listener of ours, Sherry P. Uh, who we go way back with. The subject line, my fellow astronaut has a nasty case of space madness. Ooh. Hey, podcast. I'm an astronaut for a private space agency, which is SpaceX, we would imagine, uh, which will remain nameless for obvious reasons. I have one coworker who's a Russian man named Fyodor. Bo, can you check me on that pronunciation? I know you're fluent in Russian. Yeah, Fyodor. Fyodor, okay. Fyodor. No, 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 no. Fyodor. Uh, Fyodor. Okay, good. Uh, Fyodor is the only person on the spaceship with me, and as far as I know, the only other person outside of our sweet, sweet atmosphere. At first, things with Fyodor were great. He's a caring, gentle soul who loves to play scribbage, even though I don't know what scribbage is. He likes to show off his Jimmy Stewart impression and his knives collection. He really is a great, fun-loving guy. The thing is, though, that recently, Fyodor has had this look in his eye. Like, sometimes we'll be looking out into the vast emptiness of space, and it will, for some reason, upset him. Weird, I know. Almost like he can't handle being trillions, if not billions, of miles away from Earth. I'm not exactly sure how far we are from Earth now, because Fyodor 
is in charge of keeping track of that. And as I mentioned, he's got the space madness. Space madness makes people go total bonkers. It's like the normal crazies, only it happens in space. So there's always that threat. The threat that I'll be in space murdered because Fyodor is off his damn rocker. He just floats around our ship all day muttering to himself about something, something space murder and blah, blah, blah. I'll kill my coworker and yada, yada, yada. I'm a crazy, crazy spaceman and I got a hunger for a murdering. I don't understand what's happening. What should I do? I tried to have an intervention with him, but he thought I was trying to take away his knife collection and he got very angry. By the way, this knife collection doesn't go super well with the whole space madness. How would you guys handle this bad case of space madness? Thanks in advance. By the way, I forgot to mention that you can now listen to podcasts in space. Okay, goodbye now. Well, Hmm. first of all, thanks for writing in, Sherry P. Yeah, it was good to practice my Russian, too. I always love a chance. You're getting, uh, you're improving a lot. Now say Romanov. Romanov. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Baby, you're Uh, ready to go straight to Russia. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... In this case, I'm interested in this. I'm wondering uh, where they are, because I know they mentioned trillions and billions of miles away from Earth. But yeah. uh, which direction did they go? Space. East, west, yeah. south, east? I'm not familiar with space, but it uh, sounds like it's a 1v1 situation no matter what. <laughs> yeah. It's unfortunate. She has, it sounds like she has no supercomputer. Which in some ways it's good because you don't want to get murdered by the supercomputer. But also if the supercomputer is benevolent like it's supposed to be, then you don't have to worry about the space mad uh, Russian man on your ship murdering you with his knife collection. Kind of a catch-22. So I really think with this, uh, I think it's clearly a case, and this often happens when people come from different cultures, I believe that she's angered Theodore, if I have to be frank. Do you think she's responsible for the space madness? Of course. Um, I think if you remember at the beginning, she mentions that he loves scribbage, but then quickly dismisses it as something that she's not aware of. She She doesn't know what scribbage is. Yeah, yeah. She mentions the Jimmy Stewart impression, but never praises it later within the email. Uh, And the only other mention of the Knives Collection is her trying to take it away. So I think in this case, it's a good example of uh, something we call in the HR realm empathy. And I think... She lacks empathy. No, no, no. I think she's... Yeah, she lacks it. I thought you said she likes it. (laughs) Oh, no. She hates it. (laughs) She hates empathy. Uh, So I think in this case, I think she'll find if she just starts off the day with a healthy little game of scribbage, throws in a Jimmy Stewart impression there, I think this will... Space madness, and I'm doing quotes there, Bo. I think you can tell with my voice, but I wanted to throw that in there. Uh, I think this whole space madness thing will devolve, and I think she'll realize uh, that really it's something on her end that she's not really uh, showing interest in Theodore's work. So you think the thing that is making him crazy is not the um, immense loneliness, this existential loneliness that one feels when they travel deep, deep into the lifeless uh, vastness of space. It's rather that he has a co-worker who um, is frankly a little selfish. Yeah. And I think that'd make anybody a little hankering for some murdering if I have to quote her in the email. Uh, Now, Bo, uh, I'm sure the the listeners are familiar, but could you tell us a little bit more about the history of space madness? I know this is a common affliction, but uh, just for anyone not familiar with this, if they didn't pass a normal GED. 
yeah, you know, um, this is, you know, I was a history major and one of my minors was in, (laughs) one of my minors was in the history of space and specifically I wrote my thesis on space madness itself. Uh Basically, Space Madness began with Lake of the Space Dog. Now, this was a Russian dog, much like Fyodor, even though Fyodor is a human man. This was a Russian dog. You'll make him more angry. Call him a dog. <laughs> He's not a dog. Okay, I can't make that. Probably not a listener. I would imagine what are you about me? It's hard to listen to podcasts when you got the Space Madness. Or That's Sherry, another I'm thing. sorry. He would, have, he would have written in about Sherry. Lake of the Space Dog got sent up into space in a little. Now, imagine you're a dog. You don't even understand what the mailman is, you know? And he gets sent up into space. Uh, there's nothing to bark at. Do you understand? There's nothing to wag your tail at. You're just up there the whole time. You know, it's like a baby in a canoe. You just don't understand what's going on. There's nothing in your animal instincts that tells you how to handle this situation. What'd you say? Oh, I said one of my favorite analogies, baby in a canoe. It's very common, and I know it's old, but uh, I think it's really... People say it a lot. So that's how it began, and Leica ended up returning to Earth and biting everyone he met for forever, but he was a a national hero. And so uh, Space Madness continued with um, the American chimps, specifically with Momo the Space Monkey. Momo the Space Monkey got the Space Madness and ripped off all the other astronauts' faces. Then you fast forward um, to John Glenn, the first man to, uh, he was either first, uh, I think he was the first man to circle the earth, to orbit the earth, as we say in space terms. Uh, He got the space madness and just kept circling for the earth forever and ever. He had seen that, the second Superman film, you know, the one. And what Superman does in that film is he flies around the Earth in the opposite direction to turn back time. And that's what John Glenn sought to accomplish. Finally, um, they just sent another spaceship up to bring him down. And um, the Space Madness basically goes away once you touch down because that's just the the monster of it. So that's what we're dealing with. Um, It often causes people to be murderous. It causes people to be very, very annoying to be around. Um, and it causes people to kind of like, uh, tap into their animal instincts. That's why the animals are so prone to it. Now, I wonder, does Sherry have a metaphorical space madness, which is, which is lack of empathy that frankly, uh, this is, this is something you have to attain even in the best emptiness of space is, Empathy. And I get, this guy's a Russian. You don't understand what his life is like because it's cold there, you know. Sherry's probably from a very warm climate, maybe Bermuda, maybe uh, Tampa, Florida. How When, well, when you have people come to your HR office telling you, hey, I don't know how to work with this coworker because I don't have any empathy, what do you tell them? Well, Bo, a lot of times what I say is just uh, put yourself as a baby within their canoe, uh, to use that expression. Uh, and just see it from their expression. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and just see it from their perspective. So in in this case, uh, you know, Sherry, maybe she's from Tampa. Um, you know, the biggest thing there, I think they have the longest continuous sidewalk alongside a body of water. And they have Uh, the Yankee spring training complex. 
Of course, yeah, the second most famous thing there. Um, and so I think in Sherry's case, uh, just if she could imagine not growing up, you know, seeing that Yankee spring practice happen every year, uh, I'm sure she couldn't imagine what her life would be like. Uh, and similar with Theodore, uh, I'm sure he has some other similarities within Russia. And I just wonder the last time Sherry's asked Theodore how he's feeling. Uh, and so, you know, with this one, I think it's really just comes down to the emotional side of it. I think uh, she needs to lay her hands off of his knife collection and just play a little scribbage. Yeah, the the best advice we can give is stay the hell away from the knife collection. Yeah. Uh, don't hide it because that'll just make Theodore angry. Um, Theodore, sorry, Bo. Uh, excuse me um but yeah so have some empathy don't touch the knife collection um and do do we want to give for maybe we could tell her a little something how to deal with people with space madness we already said the empathy thing but also validate their emotions for goodness sake you know if Fedor is going around mumbling to himself uh Peter picked a pipe of pickle, murder, 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 red rum, murder, murder. You know, just be like, to say. <laughs> we're imagining, we're imagining. We're obviously not there, but. You That's what I assume say something saying. along those lines. Theodore, that is a valid thing that you feel. I may not understand it completely because I haven't lived the same life as you, but I feel that your emotions are valid and I don't think it's space mad for you to believe those things and to feel those things. And maybe you have some triggers of that, like staring at out into the never ending void of, of, uh, you know, the endless infinity that is our universe. Uh, but I, I understand you as much as I can. And I will try to keep understanding you, understand you more. That should keep you from getting murdered. Sherry. Yeah, I would say just to close this one off, um, Houston, we have a problem, lack of empathy. And I think you need to, I hope you address this, Sherry. Houston, we have a problem. Let's, let's say that together on three because it's so great. One, two, three. Houston, Houston we, we have, have a problem. problem. And it's lack of empathy. Lack of empathy. <laughs> I think we nailed it. <laughs> we nailed it. As always. All right, read our last one. All right, this is our, our last letter of the day. This is from Jerome F. And the subject line is, I want to pull off the old switcheroo. Jerome F. writes, Hello, Occupational Hazards Podcast. The first thing you need to know about me is that I work two jobs. During the day, I work at a Denny's in a mall food court. And at night, I hunt ghosts with a ragtag team of ghoul chasers. Each job has its pros and cons. At Denny's, I have a stable work environment full of interesting characters, like Denise, who is a struggling actress trying to make ends meet until she gets her big break. Then there's Demetrius, who is trying to find a new way to quit smoking every week. Then there's Wacky Herschel. Herschel comes in every day and makes a snappy joke while he orders. And all the crazy shenanigans we get into. I have a great time with these people. The problem with Denny's, though, is that every day I work there, I live in complete and utter agony. I hate Denny's. I want to die every time someone orders a Grand Slam witch. With my ghost hunting job, there are, all, there are a lot of perks. I get to have these wonderful adventures, and it's sort of fun to be spooked. 
Uh, I love the thrill of going into an old house that I've been told was haunted, then prove it's not haunted, only to hear a loud shriek as everyone's eyes widen. So I can say, the ghost is right behind me, isn't he? And then we give chase. Oh, how I want to spend every waking moment hunting and murdering ghosts for money. But the problem with the ghost hunter job is I hate my coworkers. They're snobby jerks, all Harvard graduates. And they all think they're better than me because I don't understand that you can't age wine that you bought at Target Supercenter. <laughs> it's a very specific thing that bugs him. Do you see my dilemma? I want to pull off the old switcheroo. I want all my great coworkers from Denny's to come hunt spirits with me until we grow, grow old and gray. And I want those privileged Harvard buttholes. <laughs> To have to work at Denny's and see how they like having to cook a Santa Fe sizzling skillet. How do I pull off the old switcheroo? Specifically, how do I do it from an HR perspective? Thanks so much, you guys. Uh, now, Bo, uh, I know you're someone who frequents Denny's. Can you confirm, are these real meal items that he's referencing in his email? I am here to tell you, Andrew, that the Grand Slamwich and the Santa Fe Sizzling Skillet are menu items you can and will get at Denny's. Okay, good. Uh, well, just wanted to make sure there. Uh, now, I'd say from an HR perspective, he is covered under the GHLMA. Uh, and so for the layman out there uh, to reuse that term, that's the Ghost Hunting Family Medical Leave Act. Uh, now, I know what you were saying not all the letters that are referenced in that acronym were in my original sentence, but uh, that's just how the law works, baby. Uh, <laughs> now, in this case, um, you know, I think what that law provides is uh, there is a clause that if you do work at Denny's in this situation, you can legally force your coworkers to switch. Uh, now, I know that seems like that's a law. It's a very specific law. Uh, it was passed in 1972. Um, now, I know that seems like an appealing uh, choice in this situation, but in my experience with the law, um, you're not going to really get a good buy-in from uh, those Denny's workers you're forcing to switch over. So what I would recommend outside of an HR perspective uh, is to open your own business, honestly. Uh, and I would recommend that you'd pay your workers exactly one cent more than they get at Denny's. Uh, and I think... That is really a good start to, uh, you know, solution there. Now, Bo, if you could just poke some holes in my argument there and see, you know, if you have a better solution. Uh, you would like me to play devil's advocate, as Keanu Reeves did in 1996. Good reference, um, and yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I think you're... It's not a good solution, isn't it, Bo? Once you caught the GHLMA? I brought the law. Yeah. yeah. Uh, are you reading this out of a law book, back. or do you know this all off the top of your head? Uh, I'm I'm a man of the law. Um, I'm familiar with this type of law, Bo. So I, I maybe, find it isn't. You know, maybe it would benefit uh, this person. What's his name? Jerome F. To have a lawyer. Um, here's the thing. You still there? I've never had to deal with Harvard jerks, but I've watched I've watched a lot of Frasier. Um, and if there's one thing I know, uh, you got to know your wine. You got to know that Pinot Noir is not a genre of film. You know, you got to know that Champagne has bubbles in it, and is not wine or is wine? Is Champagne uh, wine? I believe it is wine. Uh, I believe 
all wine is champagne, but uh, not all champagne is made in the south of France. Yeah, all all uh, all wine is made in one region of France. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, but champagne is made in uh, Northwest Ohio. That's what <laughs> it was. But Ohio has two, three big exports: uh, good wine, the Cincinnati Reds, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> that's true Bo, as everyone knows um so i i like your idea open your own are you saying open your own business that is a ghost hunting business ghost hunters uh, incorporated for example term. yeah yeah i and see um that's what i'd recommend now i think the real issue that we need to tackle here and i think you were stumbling into it in your own way uh is how do we get those harvard graduates to work at denny's and i think the answer is wine um, now, as we know, Denny's is very well known for its wine. Um, That's but, right. But the problem is they don't do a good job advertising it. So I think what we need to do is bring back in that first listener. And this could be wow. a home run, so to you speak. You mean Mary T. We could get Mary her Ichiro Mary home T, run. Mary T, of course. Yeah, this could be an Ichiro home run. Denny's for years has served very high-class wine at a reasonable price. Uh, but they haven't been able to get this over to the Harvard graduates. And so I really think... Connecting Mary T uh, with Jerome F is uh, really going to solve this issue. So here's, I agree. Here's what Mary's got to do. You got to go use your marketing connections, go to the fine people at Harvard, uh, Harvard and say, (laughs) I want to replace your student cafeteria with a fully functioning Denny's that serves wine even Mm. during the day. Say, I'm going to put this in here. And then say, and if there are any Harvard graduates who are ghost hunters, we'll give you free dental to work here. Now, let's say the Harvard graduates still don't want to work there. This is where blackmail. And we we say this all the time. Blackmail is a very useful tool Mm -hmm. uh, for working well with your coworkers. So blackmail them. That'll take care of itself. Um, I'm sure that we've all done things that we regret. You know, we all have pictures of us out there um that we wish weren't out there we all have people who send us um uh, you know manila envelopes through the mail with no return address and just a redacted photo uh that shows more than we want right andrew happens to me on a weekly basis bo (laughs) happens on yeah um but here's the thing about starting your own business. Does Jerome F. really want to be the boss of all these people? Mm. I think he does. <laughs> oh, okay. And I'll tell you why, though. Because uh, I think he knows a little too much about all these people. And I think it's because Jerome's a little nosy. Um, he's, he's a nosy man. He is a nosy man. He knows a lot about his coworkers. Um, and I think the real reason he doesn't like these Harvard grads is, uh, they won't let him into their lives, Bo. That's so uh, true. And so I think this is a good situation for him because he, he, you know, he, he's into these people's lives and now he can control their livelihood. So of course he has a certain level of power there, which we, you know, we all crave. Um, and so I think that is really just the, the best situation for Jerome in that case. Uh, so I think that one's all wrapped up. I think I really think with this plan he can pull off the old switcheroo. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll become the bot, his friend's boss, which, as we all know, 
um, is right where you want to be with your friends. Yeah, of course. And you want to be paid more than them. Mm-hmm. Even if your co-hosts that do the same amount of work, um, it's super cool for one of them to get paid more. And I'm sure that feels awesome. Yeah, it does feel good, Bo. Uh, it's honestly an ideal situation. I think it shows, uh, you know, kind of who's a better contributor here. And in this case, Jerome's case, um, which is a yeah, little Yeah, speaking about hard. ghost hunting, of course. Yeah, yeah. And this will be great for Jerome. You know, you'll have Denise who can practice her acting by screaming at the ghouls. And, you know, every actor needs to pull off the famous soliloquy from Hamlet. <laughs> Where he goes, is that a ghost? Mm-hmm. Uh, she'll be able to practice her Hamlet sonnets and soliloquies. Uh, uh, you know, iambic pentameter. Uh, and, you know, you'll have... It, it's kind of funny because Demetrius, you know, he's trying to quit smoking in a new way every week. And, you know, he can try that around ghosts, ask ghosts for advice, you know, smoke ghosts, uh, cigarette smoke turns into a ghost. I'm just, I'm just assuming this is how their lives will be like. I'm painting you this. This is really a Norman Rockwellian. Yeah, you're painting uh, me a word picture, some would say. Uh, now, uh, something I'm realizing reading back over this, Herschel is in fact not a coworker. So I don't know if uh, the GHLMA uh, is really going to come into effect here at all, which I know, you know, Jerome made the choice not to exercise that or we're recommending that he didn't. Uh, but I'm noticing Jerome is just a, a regular customer. No, uh, Jerome. You mean Herschel's a regular customer. Herschel. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, Jerome, Herschel, Jerome is a regular customer. customer. Yeah. Now, how does he get Herschel in the picture? Because uh, how can he force him in? Let, let me let me spell it out for you because it's so obvious. Um, Thank what you, is Herschel? Wacky Herschel. What does that name tell you? Do you know any babies named Herschel? Uh, no, but I would say he's at least 55 years old. I'd say he's at least 55, maybe 85 or 90. He Here's might be what you, do. you bring Herschel along. He might be a uh, Hall of Fame running back Herschel Walker. Uh, you bring Herschel along on the first ghost chase with your new group. Say, hey, we got Ghost Hunters Incorporated. Denise is going to be there. Demetrius is going to be there. I, myself, Jerome, I'm going to be there. Just tag along, Herschel. He, because he's so old and his heart is so frail, he gets spooked so bad that he, sadly, for now, passes away. Mm-hmm. You're seeing how obvious this was now. Yeah, yeah. Then, now, you're ghost hunters. Who do you have on your side? But a ghost, a very witty ghost who can make funny comments about the other ghosts. And this is, you, you communicate with the ghosts this way. You hunt the other ghosts, but you have your own personal ghosts that you don't hunt. Uh, but he knows he has to stay in line because he's seeing what you do to ghosts. And it's not pretty. That was obvious, Bo. Thank you. I think Jerome's problem is all but solved. You used your HR expertise. Um, I used my general likability and my good personality. Spunkiness. My what? Your spunkiness. I have spunk. All right. Well, Andrew, our last piece of business is to, because we believe in good communication from an HR perspective, give each other a compliment sandwich. Would you like to go first this week? I'll go first. Uh, I would say uh, the top of my sandwich, the, the top piece of bread, uh, I would say your voice was not nearly as grating this week. Um, 
you know, I, I think you've taken the feedback I've given you for the past, you know, 10 years or so, and you've made incremental improvements. And so I, I do appreciate that. Um, the, the in-between, which, you know, in this case is going to be actually a negative thing. Uh, a constructive criticism. Yeah. A shit sandwich, so to speak. Um, I would say really you didn't contribute much to this podcast at all. If I'm being frank, I, I felt like I spoke most of the time. Uh, you were very quiet. Uh, you didn't really try to help the listener. I think you were just really out there to, um, you know, for yourself, so to speak. Uh, and I know we've talked about this before, but I think it's important to bring it up in front of everyone. I think you're very selfish. Uh, and then the bottom piece of this bread, um, is that, you know, you're a really great guy. Thank you for your honesty. You know how important that is to me. To you, I want to say that is my first compliment. You're very good at compliment sandwiches. My constructive criticism would have to be the carefree way in which you move about the world. Uh, frankly, it sickens me. And my other compliment is uh, your 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 beautiful singing voice, and you you know maybe in light of that you could close us out by singing a royalty free song. I'm bulletproof, nothing to lose. Fire away! Fire no, 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 no. If you sing away. one more syllable, if you sing, if you sing one more syllable, we have to pay a million dollars. I know that was not that was not royalty free. I know you told me. I know you told me not to talk. Um, you know what I think is royalty free is Yankee Doodle Dandy. Okay. We usually finish all of our shows that way, so I guess we should, uh, you know, keep the same formula that's made us successful. Will you start us off, Bo? No, I would like you to sing. Do you just not remember the first one? Come on. Yankee Doodle went to town. I've forgotten the words, Bo. Right, just look it up. Yankee Doodle went to London just to buy the ponies. What are you sticking his cap? And that's it. Come on. What are you sticking his cap? It comes from a bird. I it forgot. Comes from a bird. <laughs> Damn you. A Damn beak? you to hell. A beak? No, a, a feather. A feather. Yeah, and he okay. called it what? He called it what? It's a pasta. It's well, a type that's of pasta. our show, folks. <laughs> that's our show. Join us next week for the one, two, three occupational hazards podcast (laughs) it's not like queen occupational hazards podcast stuck a feather in his cap and called it it's a podcast pepperoni pepperoni the end all right we made it well thank you so much for being on the podcast this week andrew as you are in every week. Um, yeah. For, for this part, I never know if, if we go back to the real world or if we're still. <laughs> Do you understand?
I don't know whether to thank you for being a guest or to being. I know. Uh, I know you've had some trouble with dementia. Uh, if but we if anyone's confused podcast. by this podcast, it's me and my nana. Hmm. Um. Well, thank you to you for joining us this week, Andrew Hodnett. Do you have a business card or like a verbal business card you could hand out right now? Uh, Are you Andrew looking Hodnett. for more work? Um, honestly, I have too much work, Bo, but, uh, I never turn a, down a good PR opportunity. Uh, Andrew Hodnett, HR extraordinaire. That's your, I mean, can't you put your personal phone number on here or something? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, well, give me one second though. I'm sorry. Uh, I have a, a, a business phone, so I just got to get that pulled up really quickly. Um, yes, it's 205-552- 2400 and that's my direct business line so call it any time of night great so just yep just give them a call at any time of night or day that's your i prefer night honestly (laughs) okay just maybe before 8 p.m eastern Uh, yeah eastern okay okay um great i'd also like to thank myself Bo. Um, I'd like to thank Stephen Marcus, who couldn't be with us. Stephen is great. Uh, you can call his personal phone number, too. I'll put that on the Premise Podcast Twitter. 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 <laughs> At uh, Podcast Premise. You can follow that for updates. Uh, but join join our uh, diverse group of eight followers on the At Podcast Premise. Uh, I'd also like to thank the band Edelweiss. Um, they're a band named after a flower that produces music about a podcast. They're comprised of the members JT and Becca Mercer. They're married. And finally, I'd like to uh, thank our unpaid intern, Muskosh. Uh, he keeps the whole show running, and he gets very sad and upset when we don't thank him at the end of the episode. So thank you to him. That's all for the Promise Podcast. And uh, goodbye.